What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown here for you on Tuesday, the 4th of July. Sean and I jumped right in and we talked golf. Sean beat my ass this week. We made our picks for next week. Following that, we talked NBA free agency. We will be coming back soon with a full rundown of the basically first half of the MLB season soon. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. Happy 4th of July. What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Happy 4th of July to everybody listening. Tom, you and I, I guess we're not indulging in any of the fireworks or festivities because we're doing this pod, man. How you doing? Happy 4th of July, everybody. How are you, Sean? And yeah, I mean, most most fireworks here were a washout anyways. So Weather still sucks weather. up there? Yeah. I, I it's one of those things where I feel like I live in Florida where it rains and then it doesn't and I would rather it be just either rain or don't because you just can't plan with that it's like we wanted to go to the beach today and we were like well every other day it said it was going to rain and then it either drizzled for 10 minutes or didn't but today was actually the only day where it rained a good amount last time we talked you guys had like a full weekend planned at the beach did you get any of the days in or what we went to the beach this morning didn't even go in the sand. We just went to another part and just looked at the water and ate Jersey Mike's. But so we got out there. But it was more golf for me this weekend. That's very American of you. Yeah, golf and golf and um and the beach, man, can't beat it. Yeah, and a little Jersey Mike subs action. You're <laughs> yeah, good. I love Jersey Mike's. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Although I've always wondered, and this is just kind of a ritual thing since I was just there last week, like. You have Genoa, you have Venice, you have Parma, you have all these spots, and then they build the Jersey Mike's, and it's always busy, and I just never really understand it, but Jersey Mike's is very high quality. I don't understand that exact location. It is very high quality, and I just think it's a brand name, not to mention it's just a lot of things, Sean, are ease of entry. Why, you know, why... Why is it such a big deal for places to get permission to get drive-throughs? Because people don't want to get out of their car. Same thing, you know. You don't want to go into Genoa, have to stand online. You could just do a mobile order at Jersey Mike's. That's that's, that's a, all the that's ease. That's a fair point. Yeah, you don't know what you want. You know, Jersey Mike's. They've got the template menu. You're ready to go. I guess. Exactly. I mean, they're gonna get people off easiness. Plus, I mean, not really Ridgefield because. To go to that Jersey Mike's, I know where it is. You kind of have to like be in town. But for a lot of places, it's like if you're an outsider, it's like, am I going to go to this deli that I don't know or am I just going to go with what I know? Well, that's why I specifically said Ridgefield. Yeah. I know know the convenience of the rest. I have one 10 minutes for me and on occasion I I do indulge. It's, It's very good. Do you have a Bucky's near you? Oh, man, we don't have one in Austin. I've never been to one, and I really I'm need to go. I'm shocked with all your travels. I know, because apparently it is it is the biggest thing you have to do. Something to behold, I hear. Yeah, the cleanest bathrooms in all of the country, from what I've been told. That's a start. I Especially mean, if somebody, if you've ever had food poisoning and had to shit in a bathroom on the Jersey Turnpike like I have before. Well, you got Wawa over there, right? Yeah, but not when you're on the turnpike. 
<laughs> it was that or nothing, especially when it's yeah. at the buzzer. It's either that or you're no, fucking that's, that's it. have yeah, to get your you, car reupholstered. Yeah, that, that's where you hope you have a Coles Richfield status. Oh, that's, right a there. Oh. that's a dream. That's a dream. I missed that place. Anyway, let's get into it, man. Um, I have three words for you. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Big Dick Rick is back, man. You kicked my ass this week. You kicked the shit out of me. Um, what a win for Ricky. Did not play amazing on Sunday, but he was in the 60s every single round, and then that birdie on 18 to send it to the playoff, and you knew he was sinking that putt. Um, big bone to pick. I was tweeting about it. I don't know if you saw. Oh, I saw. With all the great job by you. different types of ways that you had to watch this tournament. Uh, I was able to, because it was the rain and everything, they put him in threesomes and on the final day and, and sent them out early. I guess it's more important to have infomercials and whatever fucking program. There's a channel called the Golf Channel. Wouldn't you think, especially with a guy as popular as Ricky, it would be smart to put live golf on that channel as opposed to whatever program they were running, but I guess they had to have whatever stupid program that was. So I went over to the PGA Tour app, which I downloaded because of you. And then guess what? <laughs> I saw every single shot that I needed to see until Ricky's last putt that he sunk to win the tournament in the playoff. The app stopped showing it. And it's like by the time I download NBC Sports or CBS Sports, whatever app it is, the putt's already going to be either drained or missed. So I was just like, well... This is my life. And then I refreshed my Twitter feed, and there it was. Ricky won. So congratulations to him. Fuck the PGA Tour. Maybe the Saudis can figure out a better way to do fucking television programming. Honestly, we've given the CW so much shit, but at least that would have been aired. Like, my my biggest issue is, like, it would be as if Domingo Herman was pitching his perfect game last Wednesday night, and... It's like, oh, we got to cut away because we pre-programmed uh, showing game six of the 1991 World Series. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, Fucking what? so stupid. And it's one of your biggest talents, too. Yeah, um, exactly, man. I mean, just – and this is the thing for me. Like, as, as a guy trying to get into golf, it, you just can't do a worse job than that. Across all platforms, you got to be better, especially with so many people – pulling for Ricky. This is a brand name. No offense to some of the other guys that have won this year, but I mean, come on, man. We're watching his first his first win since 2019 and nobody can find it. It just sucks. It's brutal. I think he's a shoe-in for the Ryder Cup now, which I'm excited about going over to uh I think it's in Italy, but I'm not quite sure. I know it's overseas this year. Um he played great golf. He has been playing great golf. Um you know, Colin looks to be back into form. The long courses, I don't ever think he's going to... He looks healthy to me, though. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Max had a decent week, which I was happy to see. Had an ace. He did have an ace as well. Um, JT, I thought he showed some promise. Um, where was that? At at TPC. Um, getting, getting himself in there and shooting a really low round, and I thought he was making making the turn coming around the mountain, but he fell back to earth and decided to miss the cut. Um, I had him picked as a winner, so we might as well, since we gave Ricky his due, might as well run through it. You had Max at 21st, Colin at 2nd, Tony missed the cut, so he's 84th, and Ricky in first place for 
a finishing spot of 27th. Um, I had Ash K miss the cut, Cam Champ miss the cut, JT miss the cut, and I honestly couldn't even find Harris English's finishing place. I don't even know if he played in this <laughs> tournament. Um, I saw him on the list, but I couldn't find it. Regardless, you, even if he finished second, you were still going to murder me. So I just gave myself an 84th place. So that gives you two points this week. So now it is back to 12 to 10. You are back within two again. Yeah, it feels good. Uh, I needed a week like this. But honestly, man, I just want to talk about Colin. Like, his back issue seemed to be something where we were maybe considering putting him on the back burner. Maybe we're saying, you know, this guy isn't going to compete. Maybe he should just pull out the rest of the turn or rest of the tournaments, rest of the season. And he's gotten back and he's playing exemplary golf right now. And I really feel good about his prospects heading into the open in a couple of weeks. I do too. He's already won over there once with an open under his belt, but I'm going to have to see him at the Scottish open. If he's playing Um, with, with him, it's just, he's got such a hot and a cold putter where it's just one of those things where unless he's striking, unless he's playing top form Colin golf and I could pick him because I'm confident he's going to finish in the top 20. I just can't put a finger on it just because his putter is so up and down. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I also really do want to give you your props for preseason picking Ricky to win a tournament this year, and you nailed it. And it's really just good to see him because after that disappointing finish at the U.S. Do Open, I get a point for that? Or? Uh, no, I don't no, think so. No, you don't get shit. But you, you do get your flowers from you know the standpoint of, hey, I, I'm going out on a limb, and, and he's going to win. He's played such good golf this year, man, and it's so good to see he's him. He's been around like, the rim a lot. And a lot of times yeah. you see guys finishing, you know, you'll look at the end of the season and it'll be a guy that you think would get over the hump or either in a slump or get his first win. And it's like, oh, wow, they had five top five finishes, two at number two, and they never just never got it done and went into the abyss. I'm so happy that he was able to to get one in. Um, he's been around the hoop a lot. Uh, he's He switched back to his old coach, Butch Harmon, and he's got him swinging it right again. And it looks like the old Ricky. This wasn't a great. Those, he stopped hitting those fucking special blades that he had, where it was like almost, you know, the width of it was almost just the size of the ball. Like he got a little bit bigger of an iron and and a little more forgiveness, and and he's and he's making it count. This wasn't a great field, and I think he's he only played because good, he's the sponsor, though. Like it was, but a, he's the Rocket Mortgage guy. I understand what you're saying. It, it's not it an a major field, field, but, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a complete mule field as the yeah. NLU guys well, say, for, but. For a non-elevated event, it was it was a lot better of a field than than a lot of these tournaments, including this week. No, a hundred percent. I was just going out to say, like, you know, I, I you didn't even let me finish my point. It I'm wasn't sorry. a great field. It wasn't a great field, but it was good enough competition where you could look at him and say, okay, he's kind of the the sponsor of this whole thing because of his his deal with Rocket Mortgage, but he showed out, man. And and what I really appreciated about this was the fact that. You know, he he really, even though he didn't show it, you could tell how disappointed he was from the U.S. Open with how well he carried through the first three days. To come back on into this event and win, I thought was just a really good test of where he is at personally. And, and I, I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. And then on um, 18, was it? Or no, was it in the playoff hole where Colin hit it long? You just can't hit that shot long there. It's... 
got to keep it below the hole. And, and he went long and the chip was not, I mean, he basically had to jar the chip in order to push it to the next, to the next hole. And he just, you can't hit that shot long. You just can't. No, no, you can't. So great win by Ricky. I'm excited to see him back. I'm going to be very excited to see him on the Ryder cup team because I think he's hundred percent going to make it. Um, let's talk about the John Deere. You want to give me your guys? Yeah. Um, how about you lead us off? Cause I got to look back on this. I, I, I had it prepared the other day and I don't have it now. So, okay. I'll, I'll lead off while you try and find it. Number one, I have Eric Cole. Okay. That's a good pick Two, I have Mark Hubbard. He's been pretty playing pretty well, especially in these mule like tournaments. No, he missed the cut last week, but he's been finishing pretty high in these non elevated events. Cameron Young, um, just because I think he's the most world-class player in this field, I'm hoping he could turn it around. He finished pretty high last week, and he hits the ball a fucking mile. So we'll see if uh, he can pay that off. And another guy that's been around the rim that's top three in the field and strokes gained off the tee this season, Keith Mitchell. And Keith Mitchell's my guy to win. Keith Mitchell is your guy to win. Okay. Uh, well, I got to take Adam Hadwin. I mean, he's obviously been hanging around the rim, and he's been playing really good golf. Um, Taylor Moore as well. I, I like what I've seen of him. Um, I'm going to just go out and take Zach Johnson. Why not? And then uh, out of absolutely nowhere, um, kind of right there with you because I kind of just, I don't know. I like Nathan Hubbard. I'll go Matt. I'll go Mac Hubbard as well. All right, Mark Hubbard for your fourth. Mark Hubbard, yep, yep. And who do you have winning? I'm going to take Zach Johnson. Why not? Oh, Zach Johnson. Okay. He hasn't won in a while, but I believe he has one, or he has at least has one major. He might have two. He does have one at least. I know that. Yeah, so, I mean, it should be a decent tournament. Again, we're, we're just kind of we're – rounding, we're rounding out the season here and going into um, – Going into the Open, that's pretty much the last big tournament of the year. Be a perfect time, hint, hint, for them to have that league that they've been talking about, but nobody wants to listen to me. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, golf's winding down, unfortunately, but we're going to have a lot to talk about in the off season, anyways. I just think that with all the turmoil and everything going on, Tiger issued his comments this week about how he was not issued any pre-prepared <laughs> uh comments from the uh pga about everything that was going on i just think that this is going to be kind of a kind of a wild ride for the next eight to ten months man well yeah and the whole thing looming over all of it we can speculate all we want but it's like this thing might not even go through they keep calling it a merger it's not going to end up that no i i but i i feel like people are just calling it a merger out of just because it's easy to say that as opposed to like the dance that they're doing, but it's not supposed to be a merger. It's a strategic alliance or something. I don't know. It's just easier to say the word. Well, that's because that's what we're used to uh, yep. as, as sports fans. So Yeah, and they were talking about the DP World Tour merging as well, and that didn't go through. I think that would be advantageous to both the PGA Tour as well as the DP World Tour, who's $100 million in debt, I believe. Um, but yeah, Zach Johnson has two majors. He won the Open and he won the Masters. And he's also the Ryder Cup captain this year, so we'll have to see. Maybe he showed some. Maybe Ricky showed him some. You know, the first time we did this, I had no idea what I was doing. So because it was the first tournament that like main guys weren't playing, so I was just like, "Fuck it, I've heard of him, I've heard of him, I've heard of him, I've heard of him." That's kind of where I'm at right now. 
Hey, you're picking. You're pulling some guys though that are playing well. So you're doing a good job. Throwing darts at a board, man. That's what you got to do. Hey, I mean, shit. You threw darts at a board last week and you beat the shit out of me. So you're doing something <laughs> right. Yeah, but you're still the golf aficionado. I'm just waiting to get to college football season. <laughs> yeah, right. All I right, am man. loving this though, man. I I really am having a lot of fun, and I can't <laughs> wait for the open in a couple weeks. Makes up for the shitty baseball. Yeah. It definitely does. All right, ready to talk some NBA since we're not talking baseball today? We got a lot of NBA to talk about, man. We do. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start trade requests? Do we want to start free agents? Ah, Where do you want to go? Uh, Sure, we'll talk trade requests first if you'd like. Okay, fine. So, obviously, the elephant in the room is Damian Lillard. Um, You know, we we speculated this and we we talked about it on Phillips' pod. He mentioned the Nets as a possible destination right after Miami, but apparently it's it's Miami or bust for him, and he's not willing to even negotiate with other teams. And, Tom, this is just where I, I just get into the whole, you know, I don't care what Portland's trying to do or what Woj is reporting Portland's trying to do. It's nice that you're trying to canvas the rest of the league. You're going to send him to his preferred destination. It's just a matter of how are you going to do it. He's going to end up on Miami Heat, right? I agree with you. It's a nice it's a nice thought that somebody would finally put their foot down to one of these superstars. You and I would both love it, but yeah. It's just a matter of time. I just we see this all the time and I'm really just getting sick and tired of it cuz I mean, even in last summer, Durant was I want to be traded and then it went to Phoenix. And okay, yeah, it went into the season and if Kyrie didn't have his trade request, maybe it didn't come to fruition. But eventually it did, and in the dark on February 9th, he went to Phoenix. And that's what's going to happen with Dame. I don't care what Portland tries to do. Durant didn't have a, 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 a no trade. Well, the only thing I will say is um, I think what Portland's probably trying to do is they probably don't like the deal, and they're probably trying to raise the price. Just like Phoenix did when they wouldn't budge on Bridges for that entire time. Then Phoenix gets a new owner and new owner syndrome kicks in. They held out and and they played chicken or whatever, or the Nets did. And Bridges got put on the table. Maybe that's what uh, uh, Portland's trying to do. I don't know who the player is that they're asking for or the draft picks, but that's kind of what happened with Phoenix and the Nets was that the Nets were like, no, we want Bridges. Couldn't get him. They were like, fine, fuck it. Good uh, good job by the Nets, by the way, because they got the best player out of the deal. All in all, I mean, I know Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, but Bridges is younger and cheaper, and and maybe that's what they did. They held out to get what they wanted, and the new owner obviously jumped at the opportunity, and maybe that's what Portland's waiting for is for um, Miami just to get desperate, although I wouldn't really fuck with Pat Riley, but at some point if you want Dame, maybe they'll pony up whatever they're holding out on. They can say whatever they want, but at the end of this day, we're we are going to have a multi-team trade. Like it just is inevitable, and my it has team to happen because seems to be at the center of it. And if we're getting Tyler Hero, I'm just going to say this: I'm good. I, I would really take that. I like Tyler Hero, especially since he seems to be like a throw-in. When this guy just signed a four-year extension prior to last season, like. Yeah, we might have to give up a couple first-round picks, maybe a Simmons, maybe if Simmons isn't dealt, uh, a Dinwiddie, Vinny Smith package. Like, I don't care. Like, get it done. As long as we don't have to pay up the ass in picks, do it. I, because Miami and Portland don't have a unilateral 
pathway for a deal. Like they just don't because Miami on their own has nothing that really entices Portland because they even come out on record. What does Tyler Hero do for the Trailblazers? Nothing. No, not at all. He's he's a tweener. He doesn't. I mean, we're going to talk about timelines, which I hate, but he doesn't fit their timeline, and he's already on a second deal. So it's like, does Portland really want to pay him when they're in an all-out rebuild situation, which is what they would be in if they traded Dame? No, not exactly. even a little. Because he's not really a trade asset with that deal. But then your Nets, on the other hand, who are a team that are probably. I don't know, in that play into five, six seed range, he'd be a hell of a player to have. Tower Hero fits the Nets. And, you know, forget about what the Nets have done this offseason, but just as a player, you're getting a good asset that actually plays when he's healthy. And he's a shot creator. And, you know, Miami's not going to be able to retain him if they get Dame. So just, just do it already. I feel like, I think the Nets are really trying to trade Simmons from what I've seen. And, and nobody really wants them. So it's like, honestly, if you're the Nets, it's better to just, just keep them because the they've shed a lot of salary in the last few days. Yeah, they, they just should eat the mistake. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to. Maybe they it's talk not about really a buyout. It's a mistake, though. Like, you had to get Harden out of there. So you got Simmons. But at this point now, it's like, okay, nobody wants him. Fine, just keep him. He has one more year after this. And that's going to be a very enticing contract to people, especially with the new CBA. Exactly. So we got any other trade requests? James Harden. <laughs> Speak of the devil. So yeah. Clippers or bust? What do you think? I think he does go to the Clippers and it's going to be a laughing stock just because it's like, all right, you got two super duper stars that are amazing when they play, but they never play. And then you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, but I do think the deal gets done just because of that. It's Bomber, and they have that arena looming over their head, and I think that they, I think that they do trade for him, and they they give him a three year deal or whatever for ninety million, a hundred million, whatever he's trying to get. Does this trade require a third team, in your opinion? No, it doesn't, because he hardens. Harden's a complete free, isn't he? Well, he's not technically a free agent because he opted into his deal, but it's not like he's on a long-term deal. So I think they could figure out a way to make it work. It's just like I don't really know what the Sixers are gonna, or the yeah, the Sixers are gonna get. Whether it's like Terrence Mann and some some shit, because I don't think the Clippers have any picks. No, they don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe there's a third team tucked in there, but I don't think it's anything of a Tyler Hero significance. Just some things to move around and make the money work. Yeah, I to me it's you know I, I heard today that they are contemplating keeping him around if the right deal doesn't come. And I know that worked with Simmons, but like, listen, I'm speaking firsthand. I've seen the James Harden experience when he wants out. It isn't pretty. You don't want him on your team. Yeah, no, I agree. Maybe Embiid. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe this is a different situation because the Sixers are a good team. They're they're on the cusp of being a contender. Maybe he buys in. I don't know. But if 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 he can't make it work with Daryl, who is his biggest cheerleader, biggest supporter, blind supporter, by the way. I mean, he <laughs> walked out on the guy in Houston. Um, I mean, then who else? Who else is gonna trust you? 
Nobody. That's my thing. It's like the Clippers. Like, do you really want to take this guy on? The one guy who defends Harden, probably the only people on earth that defend him more are probably his parents. I don't even know if that's the case. Maybe his parents <laughs> are like, yeah, this fucking guy has always been a pain in the ass. Is Daryl Morey, and he doesn't even – he can't even talk some sense into him. So, I, I don't know. I think the Clippers would be crazy to do it, but sometimes the asset is tantalizing. Look at Kyrie Irving. Yeah, exactly, and and – that's going to segue us into our next thing, which is free agency. And and Kyrie Irving goes back to Dallas on a three-year deal. And I just laugh because I'm like, this dude could have signed the max extension two summers ago with Durant and locked them both into Brooklyn for years. And then last year, he could have signed the four-year, which would have kept him in Brooklyn. And the only stipulation was, hey, man, you actually have to play in games. Um we're just asking that you do that. You to work. Haven't done that. And he said, no, fuck you. I want out. And now he has to settle for this. Guaranteed $42 million a year, which is not uh, anything to shake his you know, stick at. But at the end of the day, he, he's cost himself a lot of money just like Harden has. No doubt about it. But, I mean, they're, they're clowns. What can you say? Okay, but so talent, where does talent this put wins Dallas? Out. Talent wins out. It's... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's on Luke. We're on Luca watch. Yeah, they brought back Dwight Powell on a. Apparently, he took less money to go back instead of going to Houston. Cool, but they've killed themselves over the since the Luca trade. They've done so many dumb things that cost themselves so much money and so many assets that, I mean, what the hell can they do in order to keep Luca around? At this point, yeah. it's just a matter of time. I think. I think so too. I think so too, and and Cuban's probably absolutely shitting himself because he did not want to even give Kyrie this. And this is where the whole Bill Simmons thing comes into, comes into play. Where it's like, who are you bidding against? Who was giving him three years, 126 million? Nah, I would have worked it out on a one year deal. And if he said, no, I'd say, all right, go test the market. Right. I'll give you one year and 50. What are you going to do? Sign with the Lakers for the league minimum or, or the, the mid-level exception. That's like what? 12 million. Okay. Who also didn't want him. Yeah. So there's, you know, these teams keep bidding against themselves, and it's like, what are you so worried about? Oh, we got to keep the asset. Oh, we also have to appease the asset. It's like this asset treats you guys like shit, (laughs) and not to mention he has no leverage. He has absolutely zero. Um, Talking about the Lakers, I thought they won free agency. They brought everybody back, and then in addition, they brought in Gabe Vincent. Um, That hurts. I, I just, they're going to be really fucking good, man. And they just seem to know what their team is at this point. Yeah. Just like the Lakers pretty much sense the bubble season. It just goes as Anthony Davis goes. LeBron's going to have his normal season. I'm very confident in that where he's in that second to third team, all NBA range. He's going to miss probably two weeks of the season to some injury that you have. Cause you're an old man. Um, it just it all relies on Davis. We know what everybody else is going to do. Is he going to play at an MVP level? Is he going to play like a bitch, or is he not going to play at all? That's a great point, but at least they have Reeves. They got Hachimura, and uh, that D'Angelo Russell contract is super tradable if, if they oh, want to do that in February. I think the Lakers are in an amazing spot. Like I said, it's just they go as AD goes. They could easily win the title next year. Or they could easily be a play-in team. Yeah. 
Um, you're right. And, and I think that's what everybody, including the Lakers front office, feels like. I do want to talk about Houston for a second. And, you know, I, I've heard people say they've won free agency. I've heard people say they've lost free agency. I just want I to know just what the plan is here. It's very I don't know odd. what they're doing. Thank you. So you take the lead on this. So well, you don't got, know what the plan is. Go for it. They got money to spend, and I get that. But uh, I don't know. I guess sometimes deep pockets and no direction makes you reckless. I mean, I like the Van Vliet deal, but – and who else do they sign? Dylan Brooks for yeah, $80 million for four years. And that's my point where it's just like – you know, just because you have the money doesn't mean that you have to spend it stupidly. I would much prefer them go out and get some, some like ten to twelve million dollar guys that maybe they could trade at the deadline on one year deals, on teams that want to make a playoff push. That's you know get a couple more draft picks together. That's probably what I would have done with that. How much money is he making on an annual basis? Twenty uh, something mil. We both talk about timelines. You even referenced it on this pod, but like. You know, I I do think it matters in some way, shape, or form. I just also on this team. What is Fred Van Vliet doing for this team? I like bringing in Van Vliet more than I do Brooks, just because he's a great locker room guy and he can. He's a true point guard. They they're actually going like Ime's Ime's going to like Van Vliet because he's going to bring some you know, continuity to the locker room and he's going to get the right guys involved and it's not just going to be the Jalen Green show and, and whomever else. Like, uh, what's his face out of Auburn? Um, I can't think of his name. The the third. Jabari Smith. Jabbar, like, he's going to have, his numbers are going to surge with Fred Van Vliet as his point guard. The new draft picks they have will perform much better. The twi- the, one of the twins and then the guy that they got out of Villanova, they'll, they'll be much better having Fred Van Vliet there. For me, it's just Dylan Brooks. It's like, you know, it'd be one thing if if he was a good player, but I don't think I don't think he's gonna put you over the top. And then in the locker room, I just don't think he's a good fit for a bunch of young guys. No, I don't either. And that's that's my overarching question. Is he's just, at that what point? Are... You know, he's not at the point where it's Fred Van Vliet, where he's already won a ring, he's got his bag, he's gonna be a good team player and be a good member of the Rockets. It's like Dylan Brooks is still in. I'm gonna get mine mode. Right, and, and especially with that contract now, is he's going to feel compelled to take his game up a notch, which is not advantageous for the growth of that team. And and to me, I'm just looking at you know Cam Whitmore, and I'm looking at Amen Thompson, and I'm looking at Jalen Green. By the way, can you shed a light? To, do you hear anything about these Jalen Green videos? I don't know anything about it, no. and I've heard it was like circulating on Twitter. Okay, so none of us know about it. I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but... I'll just plead the fifth on this. I have no idea what's going on with him. But in any event, like, I don't see why that fit comes into play because apparently they they did not want James Harden. So I'm like, okay, that at least makes sense. You don't want James Harden with this team, but you want Fred Van Vliet? And I I hear what you're saying about the good locker room and Ime wants that and all that, but, like, he doesn't fit that team. Van Vliet should be going somewhere else. I mean, we live in a world right now, and and listen, I I love to shit on Kyrie anytime I can, especially after what he did to my team, but we're living in a world where Fred Van Vliet is making more money than Kyrie Irving. Yeah, well, Kyrie Irving did it to himself, brother. He did, but still. I mean, just going off of basketball. You hear the fireworks alone. in the background? I hear him. 
Yeah, uh, you're going to hear that a lot. Jalen Green seemed dry-humping teammate Josh Christopher in leaked video. That's, I mean, come on. The guy's like 20. People joke around. What's the big fucking deal? Unless he, unless it was non-consensual. Yeah, well, all that's, right. I mean, with Jaw doing what Jaw's doing, that's nothing it to me. It sounded like there was like something like really inconspicuous. So I was like, all right. Yeah, but. It is what it is, but... I mean, and the other thing that really is alarming is that Brooks, that that when I'm a GM, if I'm not getting like an absolute superstar, like signing Kevin Durant or something, I'm looking at it and saying like, all right, is this player going to help me? A, is it a good fit for the team? B and three, am I going to be able to trade this contract if I have to? And, and, yes. and none of those boxes were checked with the Dylan Brooks signing. No, no. And I think that, you know, both of those guys are probably going to be trade bait after two years. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're sitting with them for two years, though. Well, that's the that's the thing. I, I don't think any of them are going to be attainable after one, so you're going to have to go after two. Um, anybody else in the West that that caught your eye? Um, I'm trying to think. Not really. Is there is there any other big signings? Well, Denver losing Bruce Brown was a big deal to me, especially after Mike Malone and his drunken stupor at the. Uh, parade saying of course he's coming back he wasn't you have to but i mean he ended up going to indiana right indiana yeah i think two years 47 i love that move for indiana another guy very tradable but he's going to be a great player for them he is um speaking of the pacers they got one of your former boys obi toppin for two seconds um are you going to give a farewell? Like, how, how do you feel about this deal? He wasn't really a fit for the Knicks anymore. Um, Tibbs jerked his minutes around tremendously. I don't think he was too fond of him. Although there was times where I feel like he really was fond of him. Um, and I think he's going to flourish in Indiana. And he's going to come back to bite us in the ass. But it's one of those situations where it's like he never would have been that player on the Knicks. So farewell, goodbye, sayonara. Two second rounders, I guess, is what he's worth. I wish you could have gotten more for him because he was an eighth overall pick. But hey, you know, apparently he didn't have a role. And also for the Pacers, they locked up Halliburton for five more years. So kudos to them. Yeah, that's a good move. That's that's all three of those moves are very smart small market team moves. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to overpay for a guy like Bruce Brown to come to you. If you're Indiana and you know what? Shit. Maybe he helps them because they do have a nice little nucleus, especially with Matherin and Halliburton starting it. Yeah. And you know, everybody's favorite trade piece, Miles Turner as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be, now that John Collins is gone, we talked about that last week. He's, he's candidate number one for the rest of, uh, maybe they won't trade him. I don't know. I don't know if they will because they did give him that two-year extension, which doesn't forbid them from trading him, but it does give them a little extra wiggle room. Yeah, and I guess they picked him or Sabonis, and Sabonis was worth more, so they traded him. They got Halliburton out of it, so you can't be too mad about that, and it fits, kind of resets their timeline. Again, timeline, so I, I, I like what they're doing over in Indiana. Yeah, I do too. Um all right, let's talk about our locals. We talked about top and trade. You brought in DiVincenzo. I love that move for the Knicks. I really, really do. I love it. 
it's such a cheap deal to again highlight the word tradable. If if things go south, we can always get some picks for him. You might even be able to snatch a first rounder. Um, he's a guy who can guard twos and threes. He can shoot it. He can make plays. I like him off the bench or in the starting lineup. Uh, I love this move. I think it just fits perfectly. I mean, you, you lost a lot of three-point shooting, but you did bring back Hart. And now you have a guy that, I mean, listen, he filled his role with Milwaukee, even though it was limited. And he played very well with Golden State with a lot of those shooters. I think he's going to bring a really nice dynamic to your squad. Two second rounders. We just got him. Take him. Call up, call up Orlando and trade him for Jonathan Isaacs right now. <laughs> the Bible Belter. I'm telling you, dude. That that's who I want. Now that Smart's gone, that's another guy where I don't think actually Smart. We would have had to pay a lot for him. So I'm glad they didn't. Um, I I would really love Isaacs on this team. I think he's the missing piece. The missing piece. I mean, you can do a lot right now with all the flexibility you have. Absolutely. Uh, Frank Isola said that this is pretty much your roster right now. How do you feel about going into the season unless there's something that we're not seeing? How do you feel about going into the season with a full year of Josh Hart and uh, DiVincenzo? I'm, I'm very happy about it. We're just basically you know, shipping guys in from Villanova. I thought we'd be Kentucky boys with the guys that uh, we had running the show, but I guess we're Villanova boys. Yeah, the fireworks are coming in hot and heavy. Oh, um, I hear them, baby. Um, hopefully the Happy mic doesn't fourth. pick up too much of that. Um, yeah, I, I like this team. Again, we're just holding on to our assets for the big fish that actually wants to come here, and I'm fine with that as long as we don't do anything stupid. We didn't go for Harden which is cool. Uh, the Paul George deal, I'm glad that they stuck firm on the price. I would have been happy to have him on my team, even though I would have been pulling my hair out with him in street clothes. Um, but if it was too expensive for our blood, then it was too expensive for our blood, and I like that. Yeah, perfectly said. Um, you know, I from my vantage point is you got the Villanova Knicks and keep your greasy, grimy hands and tampering hands off of Mikael Bridges, and we're good. <laughs> Listen, Hart and him are just friends, okay? It's nothing more. All of them are. They all want a title together. Yep, exactly. Hart and Brunson and DiVincenzo. I mean, come on over, Bridges. No, stop and it. And then Bridges you know what? His, Fuck it. We'll Bridges kick... got his twin back this week. We're good. We'll kick, we'll kick uh, Thibodeau to the curb and we'll hire Jay Wright. I've been trying to scream at the top of my lungs for Jay Wright to be the next coach for a while now anyways. Listen, uh... Bridges and Cam had a nice dinner last night out in Brooklyn, and it was very cute and romantic. And uh, listen, that's 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 the deal. So keep your greasy, grimy hands off them, and we're good. Let's have a nice little rivalry. Baby. Maybe I'll see him around town, and I'll talk to Bridges. I'll tell him what New York's all about. Listen, man, he's good. He's, <laughs> he's very happy. He's very happy in my in Brooklyn. I don't um, blame him. He's got all. He's the he's the guy there. Speaking of Brooklyn, I do really like what they've done. I mean, they brought back Johnson four years, 108. They shed so much salary in the in the Harris trade and the Patty Mills trade. Like, it, it was fine. And then they also bring in Dennis um, Dennis Smith Jr., who obviously can't score, but he's a really good defensive guard who had a nice year with Charlotte. And then they brought in Lonnie Walker. And both of them were on vet minimum deals, so they didn't have to do much because I think, you know, part of their offseason plan is 
this Damian Lillard situation where they get Tyler Hero and we'll see what else happens. But I'm Don't cool care. with this. They maybe Dame, out, maybe they Dame will come. guys who are not mobile or athletic for two mobile athletic guys. I'm cool. Yeah, no. And, and again, those are veteran minimum one-year deals. You can easily flip those at the trade deadline. Not even that, but it's just like – you know, Seth Curry's out. Like, you, you did get guys that are playable. We saw Lonnie Walker in L.A., and Dennis Smith Jr. is a really good on-ball defender. So they're just getting more young and athletic. I like that. Like, we're finally moving out from getting these guys that have to play with superstars. They're just getting younger and, and, and faster and, and quicker, and I like that. Yeah. No, no doubt. Seth Curry goes back to the Mavericks. I just, again, I like Seth Curry, but that's just a recipe for disaster because I don't think, I think me and you, if we were being guarded by him, James Harden and Luka could probably have 20. (laughs) Probably so. Um, My next team is Cleveland. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they get Max Struess on the sign and trade for four years. I I don't know where they're at as a team. It's a lot of money. It is. Max Struth's twin, um, Duncan Robinson, I mean, look what happened to him when he got that big fat deal. It's just it, these non-athletic shooter types that can get really cold. I just I don't really like guys that are good at one thing, especially when it's shooting that can come and go. If you're good at one thing, it better be defense. That's going to keep you in the league. If it's shooting... Unless you're a dead eye and you can get hot and cold, I worry about it very much because this deal, he could be sitting on the bench getting this money very soon. To your point, I mean, they also brought back Karras and they signed Niang. So it's like, hmm. okay, I, yeah, it's with, just, with Chatty Osman, like, what are you, what, what have you done? Yeah. And then it's just like all those guys, in order to score, need the ball. Outside of maybe Struess, a lot of those guys are not pure shooters. They're they're guys that are ISO players. And I mean, why am I taking the ball out of Garland and Mitchell's hands? I don't know what that team is. I really want. I don't think they know either. And I don't know. Colby Altman, the GM there, maybe his days are numbered. Just because I mean, there's a lot of cool names there, but I wouldn't really call it much of a team. Yeah, the continuity doesn't seem to strike you as as something that's going to take the next step. The last team for me in the East, unless you have another contributor, is Milwaukee. You you, you bring back Middleton, and somehow they got back Lopez. I never thought that there was a chance in hell that Lopez was coming back. That team is an expensive team. Yeah, but, okay, so can they talk themselves into being another championship team this year, or... Dude, yeah, they just not have that's why they made. To go? That's why they made those moves was because I bet you they were saying to themselves, "All right, we lost to Miami in the first round, who went all the way to the finals, and if Giannis didn't have a bad back, we probably could have gone to the finals and maybe even won it." Mm-hmm. So I think that was their logic. So they're just going to run it back. <sighs> it's so dangerous with these teams, right? Because okay, I get it. I don't know if I would have done it differently, but you're now another year into this window where, yes, you've already won, so good job, but the Giannis ticker is is coming up. Yep, absolutely. And that must have had something to do with it, right? 
I can't imagine it didn't because they're not going to rebuild with him. No. They're just not. No, and he's amongst, I don't know, a couple of players in the league where no matter who calls, unless he requests a trade, you're not you're not moving him for anything. No, 100%. He would so, have to just straight up say, you know, trade me now. <laughs> yeah, I think for, from my vantage point, looking at Milwaukee, like they believe that they're a title contender again. I think they are too, though. Yeah, and if things break right for them, I mean, I, to me, Boston is their number one nemesis. They have not found a way I think to East match is, up with Boston. I think the East is wide open next year because <laughs> shit could go south real quick with Boston if KP gets hurt and then you're just playing the old hits of the last couple of years and Philly's in flux. Brooklyn doesn't isn't ready yet. So you're so, talking about your Knicks. I'm not even talking about – I mean, sure. I'm not going to get baited into that where you're going to get me to say on this podcast <laughs> that I think – I think the Knicks are a contender. Do I think the Knicks are a top five team in the conference? Yeah, I, I, I could definitely talk myself into that. But if I'm looking at it as Miami, it's like, or as um, Milwaukee, it's like, unless Miami gets Dame, they're worse and older. The Sixers are in complete flux right now. They're not even going to have Harden. Who knows what they get for him, which means Embiid might want to leave. And then Boston, a few things break wrong for them in the season, meaning Brogdon, who's going to be a much – uh, more important player for them, as well as KP, who's going to be a very important player for them. If those two get hurt, we're we're sitting in the catbird seat here. So I don't really blame them for running it back. Was it expensive? Absolutely, but I see why they did it. Yeah, I do too. Um, okay, let me just ask this question then. Let's just say Miami gets Lillard. It seems inevitable at this point. It's just a matter of how. How much better does that make them? They went to the finals this year. Now, granted, almost their entire supporting cast is going to be gone. But I mean, we've seen guys Can that demand trust, trades but, but, that ask. That, okay, I, so let me just preface this real fast. We've seen guys that ask for trades where we immediately anoint them as championship contenders. Where the fuck does this put Miami, in your opinion? For me, even with what I saw with Miami last year, going to the finals and getting on that fairy tale run, I probably put Miami as a number four team in the East right now. Okay. And honestly, it would no, you know what? They're probably number six right now, and I'll probably move them to number four. I still like Milwaukee better. I still like Boston better, and I might still like a mixture of the Knicks, the Nets, and Philly better. See, the thing with Lillard is he's going to be prolific offensively, and he's going to win them regular season games. Absolutely. I but would, the defense I, yeah, I would, is going to kill them I would bump them up times. to like four, like a, like a solid four chance to be three depending on what Philly does. Right. But I'd have to see. That's the thing with Miami where it's like, of all people, we were just proving it yet again for the millionth time. I trust – Pat Riley and that team where it's like, okay, you lost Gabe Vincent. You lost Max Struess. Here's fucking Bobby Bonilla and Joe Schmo. <laughs> and they're just clones. Congrats to Bobby Bonilla, by the way. Another yeah. Year. We just pulled a piece of Struess's hair and Vincent's hair off their uniforms and we created, we, re, we cloned them and they're just different people now, but they have the same skill set. Honestly, that's what would happen with Miami. I can see Duncan Robinson making the all-star team next year with the way they yeah, do Yeah, I mean, Hawkes has, you know, yeah, exactly. a, a, a so, rookie year. That's yeah. why for me, it's like, after what I saw, man, I can't count that team out. 
I hear you. I, I think that's what they're telling themselves too, where even though that cap hit is going to kill him, and even when, you know, he's 36, if they can, they've gone to two finals now in the last four years, three Eastern Conference finals in the last four years. They're going to talk themselves into, we're that last one guy away and Lillard's that guy. No doubt. I think that had to do Milwaukee, Miami, if they make this move, and the Lakers. I think it was a lot of talking themselves into if things broke right this past season, we would we would have won the title. So that's why they ran it back. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And and also you have to appease Giannis because if you say, hey, we're going to start this process of rebuilding around you, he's going to say, you know what, I'm good. Yep. No, no doubt. And that's when the Knicks come in. <laughs> and that's when – I mean, listen, all kidding aside, the Knicks are on Giannis and Embiid watch. Yep. They are. And by the way, I'm taking Giannis over Embiid every day of the week and twice on Sunday if the Knicks are listening. As you should. But they may not have a choice. No, we probably won't. But, again, if we do, give me Giannis. It's going to be fascinating to watch, man. Um, Listen, we got a baseball pod to do at some point this week uh, because it is 4th of July and we're at another uh, watermark. So we got to see what happens. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, Neither you nor I want to talk baseball, but we have to, and we'll go around the league and talk about some guys that we haven't yet, like your Corbin Carrolls or a few other rookies that are playing really well. L.E. De La Cruz, baby. Yeah, him. Uh, The other Cruz that I feel like everybody's forgetting. Everybody's talking about De La Cruz. Oh, let's not forget about O'Neal. I know he's hurt, but I just want to remind people of him. Um, you know, you got Luis Arias hitting damn near 400 in Miami. Uh, there's a lot of topics. There is. So let's do our homework. Let's get back on this pod in a couple of days and, and talk it out uh, as the All-Star break is approaching. And Tom, I'm sure a lot more NBA stuff is going to come up too. No, no doubt about it. That league is uh, very fluid. People are asking for trades like there's no tomorrow. And teams have to appease them. At somehow, at some point, this shit's going to get resolved. So, everybody, enjoy the rest of your 4th of July. Thank you for listening. And, and Tom, go enjoy the rest of the fireworks going on behind you in Greenwich. Thank you. I hope you feel better, and we'll be talking to everybody soon. Take care, everybody.